paid 260 euros for a pair of Crocs, man. Those shoes pretty much broke my foot. It's only going downhill from here. What up, guys? This is Josh. And this is Fobbs. And this is the Kickback Pod. And we are back, the Kickback Pod, back once again, episode 67, JD Kicks, back again with my man Fobbs, and this episode, we're excited about this episode because we're going to be talking about Nike, specifically some of the problems that the swoosh has been having over the last, let's say, two years or so, and uh, the problems seem to be getting worse, so... What we're going to do in this episode when we get into our big topic is we're going to go through some of the major problems that they have had, what's been causing their recent, let's say, downfall, and maybe some suggestions of how we think they could maybe do a quick turnaround, maybe not so quick turnaround, we'll see. But uh, yeah, that's what we're going to be getting into later on in the episode. First of all, shout out to all our listeners. Thank you for staying with us every single time we drop thank you for those of you guys who send me dms telling me that they are long-term listeners appreciate each and every one of you but also big time appreciation to my man fobs how you doing my man what up man i mean the sun is shining this is a rarity in berlin uh this time of year so i'm feeling really good it was really nice to wake up today to some sunshine um had a nice date night yesterday as well. Uh, so I'm feeling very, very happy, very energized for the weekend. And I'm hoping that by the time those of you who are in Berlin are hearing this, the sun is still shining because I feel like we all deserve a little bit of sunshine um, in our lives, especially since the last few weeks have been very gray, very wet. Um, and, you know, not to hearken too much uh, about the weather, but. Berlin in winter is a different beast, man. So uh, here here goes out to all the Berliners and hoping that we get some sunshine the next few days. What about you, man? How have you been? I was actually earlier this week in Munich for a work trip, and uh, I was there for three days. And all three days, the sun was blasting. Like, the <laughs> sun was shining spectacularly. It was so nice. And I was wondering, like, is this is this like a lack of sun just a Berlin thing or or because I always thought it was a German thing. It seems I mean, to be just a Berlin thing. No, I think it's it's like a northern thing, right? So if you go to Hamburg, you'd probably get the same. Uh, it's that whole like coastal region as well. You're getting more like Londony kind of weather or UK weather than in the south. So yeah, okay. Munich. Freiburg, Stuttgart, Frankfurt, like, yeah, of course, they also have gray winter days, but they've definitely got more sunny days than Berlin. Um, I I don't know. I don't know for real, like for sure, but it would not surprise me to find out that Berlin had like the least sunny days in Germany, for example. You know, that statistic wouldn't surprise me. I don't know if it's true, but um, I, yeah, I'm I'm sure it's true. I mean, as living here now, it's already been, wow, seven years. I can... I can confirm, man. We don't need to look up the stats. <laughs> I, can, I can confirm. <laughs> it has been I confirmed. Confer- yeah. Um, it's been a really interesting month for me. I, I signed up for this um, new, I don't know what you want to call it, but it's called Class Pass. It's basically like uh, you get a bunch of credits for the month and you get to try out like different fitness studios, like different kind of activities uh, using your credits. 
and uh, both me and my fiance signed up for it and I've spent this month doing a lot of things for the first time that I've ever done before. For example, I went to a spin cycling class. Oh, I nice. To, How'd you like that? Yeah. Oh my God, man. It's it's a bit weird, man. Cycling to like Taylor Swift, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but like, and, and also like I was the only guy in the class out of like, 20 people <laughs> yeah it's, it's it wild was... like i used to spin quite a lot i canceled my urban sports um i like cycling i'm a big fan of cycling for fitness too i have a road bike but and 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 i i love spin especially like the instructors who play like more heavy techno because i feel like when the yeah. beat is like heavy and and very clear it's a lot easier to do spin what i don't like about spin is the whole like hand movements that you have to do yeah and- <laughs> exactly man that's what i hated about it <laughs> it's so hard sometimes like like how the hell are you supposed to stay on beat and do all this stupid like dancing and I, like i don't know if any of you listeners here um watch uh, not watch spin do spin or maybe there's some spin instructors here but come on please let's quit it with these hand movements let's keep them simple i don't mind that but like the whole point of spinning is to hit the beat with your legs and if you can't do that because of what you're doing up here then sorry but you're doing too much man yeah i completely agree man i'm like listen if i wanted to do push-ups i would just do push-ups i I don't need to do these like half push-ups on the spin bike they're just ridiculous man bro the crunches the crunches they don't do anything like the the yeah. have you done the crunches on the bike where you're like literally you're just putting your head down and up that's all that's yeah, all that's happening exactly. <laughs> exactly man i will say also the guy who was the fitness instructor let's just say he did look the most in shape so uh i'm like man like this isn't very motivating <laughs> so, um, oh man yeah so so yeah i did that i did like a, i did a pottery class I've done, oh, nice. um, I did like a, some kind of like some type of yoga, vinyasa yoga or something like that. It, it's been, it's been a month full of like experimenting. Oh, and I, I was telling you before the pot, right after we record this pot, I'm going to go do Pilates for the first time. So it, it's, it's been, it's been a month of just expanding my horizons and, uh, I've been enjoying it. I've been, I'm grateful for my, uh, fiance for hooking me up to class pass. No, this is not a sponsored or anything like that. I've just <laughs> been, uh. I've been I've been enjoying uh, trying out all these new activities. Nice man. I mean, it's nice to keep you know yourself on your toes as well when it comes to not just fitness, but in general. I think class pass is cool because it has more than just fitness, like you said, pottery, yeah. um, which are nice date ideas. I think. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited. We should have like a check in every episode now and be like, okay, what has JD been up to the past <laughs> past couple weeks on Class Pass, and then we can go through like what you've tried, get your review on things and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, okay, okay, no, no, I think our listeners are gonna definitely decline big time <laughs> if, if we do that. Okay, well, listen, guys, you guys are here to hear about the shoes, so we're gonna get into that first of all. Shout out to our listener of the week that is Adolfo Guerrero thank you very much for uh, messaging me and telling me you are a long-term listener so appreciate you Adolfo let us get into 
what we've been wearing so um i've been wearing uh, so lately i've been really beating to death my stone island new balances the 991 v2 like fabian said it's been super gloomy super dark in berlin and that's why i love these shoes man it's super rare to get like a a, a new balance collab that has black as a base layer color it's pretty rare you usually get you know the more springy type of colors the blues the grays but a black color new balance very rare i love it i think it's a, a fantastic shoe the 991 v2 as well very very comfortable like way more comfortable than the 991s and um, it's kind of on par comfort wise with some of the other um, new balance sneakers like the 992s and the 993s so I've been really enjoying that. I will say, however, you know the the knitting pattern on that mm -hmm. sneaker? Um, I've only worn it maybe like five or six times now, and I've noticed the knitting pattern has been kind of coming loose in a lot of places. So quality control on that sneaker, not what I hoped for. But um, but yeah, I still I still like the shoe, and nonetheless, it's a it's a great looking pair. Uh, secondly, I've been also wearing a lot my Adidas BW Army shoe, which uh, I copped recently from StockX. And also, I have to give a big shout out to Hard Copy for also sending me a pair of their collab, uh, which I haven't received yet, but uh, I am uh, looking forward to receiving that one. But I've been wearing my uh, just the standard colorway, the uh, the white with the gray. No, the the hand suede and the and the gum bottom and man i love these shoes because i think they're the most versatile shoes that i own it's literally a shoe that because there's absolutely no branding on it it just goes really really well with pretty much anything i'm wearing and I, it does have an ortholite insole as well so i feel like they're just a lot more comfortable than the sambas than the gazelles as well so um yeah i've been really really enjoying uh, wearing the bw armies i dropped a whole video on youtube about the shoe talking about the entire history of this sneaker how uh it was originally a, a shoe f that was commissioned for the german army and also everything that happened after that so make sure you guys check out my review of this sneaker if you want to know more about the very interesting history about this shoe also the next shoe that I've been wearing, this is not even a sneaker, but I have been uh, making it a point this year to kind of expand my rotation a little bit and not only wear sneakers. So I have been wearing some loafers and uh, I have to give a shout out to Koyo New York, which is a brand that uh, makes it's most popular for their white sneakers, the Capri's, which are a pretty similar looking shoe to Common Projects. But they were also nice enough to send me a pair of very nice, high-quality Italian leather uh, loafers, penny loafers, which uh, became basically the first loafers that I own. So I've been just wearing them quite a lot. And let me say, guys, I understand why I was a sneaker guy, because loafers are like the most uncomfortable thing. <laughs> I don't know why people wear these shoes. They are maybe it's because I need to beat them in a little bit more, but the leather just is killing me every time I wear them. They are the right size. It's not the sizing issue. It's just that they're just so uncomfortable, man. I don't get why people love loafers so much, but it's a transition period. I've been a sneaker guy for many years now, so it's a bit tough. My my um, my break in time right now with my pair of loafers. So um, so yeah, there, there, there's the loafers uh, in the rotation. And lastly, I have been also, this is just mainly for the gym, 
I've been wearing the Solomon ACS Pro Advanced. Surprisingly, I find this a really, really good gym shoe, even though it's supposedly a hiking sneaker. They're a lot more comfortable to wear than the XT6s, than the XT4s. They fit me much better. And uh, I get a lot of people at the gym asking me actually what those are because they're just very interesting. They're, they're very, the, the design is like really nothing else. And uh, I just have been wearing my all over white pair. Um, and yeah, um, the Super Bowl was a few weeks ago. And if you guys wanted any more proof that Solomon is on the up and come up, look no further than the Super Bowl. They actually had a Super Bowl ad in the US and it was one of the most talked about ads. So Solomon definitely, definitely on the come up. And we're actually gonna be talking about Solomon a little bit a little bit later when we talk about problems that Nike is having. But Fobs, man, I, that was me talking for a long time, but <laughs> let me hear what you have been rocking lately. Yeah, I mean, you've been wearing quite a lot. Uh, I like that you have been wearing a lot of different things too. A bit of Solomon's, a bit of loafers, a bit of Adidas, a bit of New Balance, Stone Island. You, you um, see, you, the thing is, you know what? You're a loafers guy. I've seen you rock those. Uh, what, what is that brand you have with, with the pineapple loafers Filling on pieces, them? yeah. So I yeah, was going to say... Those fire, man. Those... Filling pieces are actually, because I'm not like a leather shoe guy, but these loafers are actually very comfortable, surprisingly. So you obviously can't compare them to a Ultra Boost or, you know, whatever foam midsole shoe from a running company. But like as it goes for loafers, these are very comfortable. So I would definitely, um, what's it called, recommend filling pieces loafers also because they've got fun funky designs if you're looking for something that can be worn a little bit more casually um so the the pineapple ones that i have they didn't really need to be broken in i wear them without socks and i never have um any like friction rubbing issues um so definitely yeah something worth looking at but in terms of what i've been wearing recently i've been trying to keep it varied as well you know taking inspiration from you um I'm wearing my Nike Lunar Roams quite a lot. Those are shoes that I feel look great, a little bit dirty as well. So I've been wearing them a lot to the playground. Um, they're getting like a little bit sandy, a little bit muddy. They look like, you know, I've actually been on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just overall a really comfortable shoe. And I don't see them that often on the street. So it's kind of a nice one to wear because you know that you're very unlikely to run into someone wearing the same shoes as you. Um then I've also been wearing the Heisman Body Bapestas that came out, the nice like beige cream colorway. Um, just kind of trying to keep it tonal a little bit. I um, <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing to admit, but like I wore jeans for the first time in like over a year the other week. Like uh, recently, I've just been wearing like my Needles tracksuit pants, my corduroy pants, uh, you know, stuff that's like comfy, cozy, whatever. And then I was like, ah, you know what? I need to like step up my pants game a little bit. So I dug out my jeans out the back of my closet and I had to like iron them because they were all wrinkled. And um, I feel like jeans, like a pair of nice black, deep black jeans always look good with like an Air Force One type silhouette, which the Bapesa is, right? So I've been wearing that a lot in combination with the jeans. Um, also super nice, super nice shoe. Uh, quality, not great in my opinion. The leather is a little bit yeah, weak, but uh, they just look nice. That cream uh, has been kind of hyped for a few years now as well, like that vintage -y look. Um, and then I have been wearing the 
the HAL Studios Knockdown ASICs Gel 1130s from the Harry Suede Pack, the beige colorway. And that's just a super comfortable shoe. We've talked about it many, many times this uh, in this podcast. ASICs, running shoes, retro running shoes, some of the best in the game. They've got the, the comfort, but they're not too springy. They're not too bouncy. They've got the stability as well. And when you've got a general release that looks like it could be a collaboration, such as the Harry Suede Pack, both colorways, beautiful. Um, it's, yeah, it's almost a no-brainer. So I've been going very, like, classic. You know, I think the Lunar Rome is a little bit more out there, um, but the Heisenbody Bapesta and the A6 Gel 1130 are very paired-back designs, um, which I think I'm finding myself being drawn to more and more now that, you know, I, I still appreciate and love a nice, colorful collaboration or even a general release, right? But... When I'm like visualizing what I want to wear the next day or, or, or the day, like in the morning or whatever, when I'm sitting there, um, more and more I'm drawn, drawn to the pairs of shoes that I have that are very tonal, that are very paired back, laid back in terms of design and style. So yeah, let's see um, how this develops this year because I also haven't had a lot of pickups this year. Um, and we'll get to that in a second. But um, yeah, I think this year is going to be the year where I really focus on just like subtle shoes that maybe even some, you were talking about the, the BW Adidas, right? And then also the hard copy um, collaboration, which is a super nice shoe. I really like that. I really like what they've done with the, like the, the squiggly red line, um, mm. which they've taken yeah. from their logo. Uh, beautiful, beautiful collaboration and a huge, huge shout out to Sam and Tim, uh, the guys doing hard copy. Um, but I saw at Vu store, I saw some Mason Margiela replicas and those are like also based on the German army trainer, right? On the GAT and they're like high quality Italian leather. Like they look so nice. And the only thing is they cost 520 euros. And I was like, Ooh, that is a bit steep. Um, they but, do always go on sale though. You, you yeah. can, if you just wait a little bit, you'll be able to get them like 300 around that price. Exactly. So that's what I'm thinking. Maybe that's like a pair that I pick up this year because it really falls in line with that, like understated, like goes with most clothes and pants and stuff like that. So yeah, if you're, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, you know, keep an eye out 2024 Fobs new style. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I say this every year, but, uh, this year I mean it a little bit more than the previous year. So yeah, that's what I've been wearing. Um, I spoke briefly about not having too many pickups, so I'm going to jump straight into mine and then give you the floor because I know you have a lot more than I do. Um, I've picked up a pair of Dickies pants, my first ever. Um, Ooh, eight, seven, fours. 874s, 874s. Oh, that's the classic. When people ask me, people ask me on Instagram all the time, like, yo, what pants should I get? Like, if, if, you, if, I'm, if I had to make like a starter pack of pants, the first pant I would recommend is Dickie's 874. Yeah, it, I've it, never had a pair. super affordable and anyone can wear them. I've never, I've never actually had a Dickie's, but like all, everyone I know has either had a pair in their rotation or is currently wearing it the most out of all of their pants. And I saw that a lot of them were on sale at HHV, um, ha ha fao. And I figured, hmm, they had like an extra 30% off sale as well. And I was like, oof, I might want to pull the trigger. So I think I paid like 40 something euros for mine, which was pretty decent. Oh um, man, now you're going to make me buy one. Really? It's only 40 <laughs> euros? 
I, oh I yeah, they don't, they don't have all colorways. I was going to get the black pair, but they didn't have those on sale. So then I ended up getting actually the like beige cream white pair because I thought I don't have a pair of white pants. It might be something different to put into the rotation. Um, so yeah, let's see. They arrive actually today. So I'm very excited for that. And um, I will definitely be posting some Fitbits. Um, but that's it. I didn't pick up any shoes and um, looking at what's coming out in the next few weeks, it probably will stay that way for a while. But I want to know, what did you pick up? Yeah, it's it's been uh, pretty heavy on the pickups for me, I would say, since our last pod. So I'll start off with some of the recent ones. Um, picked up the Air Max DN, a brand new model uh, from Nike. Um, and the first pair was the collab with Supreme. I picked it up from the Supreme store in Berlin. Crazy is that the crazy thing about this pair was they sold out instantaneously the second they dropped on Supreme because there's only 4,000 pairs worldwide. Oh, wow. And the crazy thing is I don't think anyone knew that they were actually dropping in store at Supreme. I walked into Supreme Berlin around 12 o'clock and managed to get my pair in my size. So um that was really dope uh picked it up picked up the black colorway of course there was only one colorway and i dropped a whole review talking about this already but this is by far the most comfortable air max sneaker ever made it is incredible it is so lightweight the best part about the shoe is not those air bubbles at the bottom it's the upper the upper is made out of this um like multi-layered knit material which kind of feels like rubber it kind of feels like uh, the way i described it is it feels like you're putting on a scuba diving like wetsuit for your feet because as soon as you slide your feet in it just hugs your feet really nicely it's very flexible it's i was very very impressed with this upper and uh, also the the technology the uh, it's called dynamic cushioning it's the first time nike has rolled out this technology where basically the there's four air uh, air tubes in the in the midsole the two at the back have a higher amount of air pressure and the two at the front have a lower amount and basically every step you take the air kind of travels between these different airbags giving you like a really smooth kind of feeling on feet and it's not just marketing guys it actually feels great it feels amazing on <laughs> i was feet. gonna say it sounds like you're reading the press release <laughs> yeah no no because i just literally uploaded this video yesterday so it's all fresh in my head like everything <laughs> i said in the video <laughs> uh, but it's not just it's not just marketing like it feels great on feet um I, i'm a big fan of this air max dn model and i'm looking forward to some of the general release colorways actually even more so than the supreme one the thing i didn't like about the supreme collab was the fact that supreme is written in like size 95 font right all <laughs> over the upper it's a bit too loud for me but i'm more excited for the general release pairs coming out on air max day uh, which is march 26th um, so yeah, that was the first pickup. Then I also picked up the Jound New Balance Gore-Tex, the 2002R in the charcoal gray colorway. We need to have a serious conversation about Jound, guys. The, uh, they're taking minimalism too far. It, it's this is a pair where I'm like, man, if this was if this was a general release, highly doubt these would sell out. Like I'm pretty sure these would maybe even go on sale. But um, either way, I do like the fact that it is Gore-Tex. And um, a colorway like that, living where I live in the one of the rainiest cities in the world, 
a sneaker like that is kind of perfect because it's a dark colorway, it's rainproof, waterproof. I'm not have to gonna worry about getting my feet wet. Previously, the only waterproof sneaker I ho- I owned was the Gore-Tex Solomon, and comparing the Gore-Tex Solomon to this jowned Gore-Tex 2002R, the comfort difference is like night and day. So, if I wanted something a bit more comfortable to wear on those rainy days, then this is definitely the one I would go for. So I do like it for that purpose, but I'm not too impressed with the looks. I'll be I'll be honest. Um, a couple of other pairs I picked up. Now these were sent to me. So first, uh, shout out to Lacoste for sending me a, a pair of the new sneaker that they released this year, which is the L003 LK24. Very, very impressed with this shoe. I actually really like the futuristic look of it. They recently had a collab on this model with High Cinnabity, actually, which I, I originally asked Lacoste to send me that pair, but <laughs> it was already sold out. I actually, um, so I, I, I forgot, like, that is my pickup. I actually, I received a pair from Lacoste. So at this point, shout out, um, Amadeus and I did an episode for Oshuan about this shoe. And, um, Dude, I have to back you up. Like, it's a very nice shoe. And I think Lacoste did a very nice job in, like, leaning into that, like, lifestyle running sphere because it looks like this shoe could have existed before. You know what I mean? Like, it looks like it could be a retro. It doesn't look like a totally new design because a lot of times these brands, they make these new designs to look like a certain trend, whether it's 2000s running or whatever. And it's painfully obvious that it's a modern day shoe that is supposed to look like a retro whilst this one it it could fool people and be like oh yeah like lacoste made this in the in the 90s or 2000s or something like that so it i i think it's a great shoe and the, the high snowbody colorway is really nice too for sure for sure and i don't know if you tried them on feet i was i was very impressed with just how comfy they are they're they're really wide foot friendly very very comfortable pair of shoes so uh, yeah definitely if you guys are looking for an alternative brand to try out i would say definitely check out those lacoste sneakers it's one of the best ones they've put out um another uh, pickup thanks to size uh size recently just sent me their collab with adidas on the sl72 now these pairs will be officially releasing on march the 1st uh I, they sent me the navy blue colorway with the with the it's got like a bit of a red trim to it uh i'm a big fan of the sl72 um it, it's just such a classic retro looking sneaker and uh yeah definitely guys be on the lookout for that collab dropping once again on march the first and finally um I couldn't resist copying this because of the price. So Yeezy, Kanye, I don't think anyone could deny he is a man of the people because the guy dropped every piece of clothing for $20. So of course, uh, in Europe, in fact, Europe, I also got uh, the Yeezy Gap collection for $20. So I ended up buying two Yeezy Gap hoodies, Man, you can't go wrong for $20. The quality on those hoodies are also really, really exceptional. And then I picked up, of course, the Yeezy pods, the the socks, uh, even though I think they look disgusting. Like I, I think it's like the worst looking thing I've ever seen. But I figured since I do fly quite a lot, I do travel quite a lot, and I have a lot of travel coming up this year. The reason I got that was I'm like, I'm going to wear these on the plane because... Nah, bro. No, no. What do you mean? No. What? Aww. I don't know. I mean, uh. listen, man, you know, when you fly on planes, 
your feet start to swell up it mm-hmm. gets really uncomfortable you all i always end up taking my shoes off on flights yeah. and just have my socks kind of exposed and i feel bad for whoever's sitting next to me <laughs> but now but now i'm gonna be rocking these pods it's it's like a sock and a shoe the ventilation is gonna be way better um yeah man i'm gonna be rocking them on the plane i'll just walk up and down the aisles in my easy pods Bro, people are they, gonna think look at this guy walking around in his socks uh, then you might as well <laughs> you, you might as well get the balenciaga sock racers right those sock shoes like if you, if you want a pair of sock shoes um, yeah but those are like what seven hundred dollars man these yeah, are 20 bucks <laughs> i definitely want to so, see you wear them though like on the street in berlin not just in the airport. no 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 that's never happening that's the funniest thing is like there's been people on tiktok uh doing videos like how to style yeezy pods and and like if you read the comments people are just like this this guy's literally showing us how to style black socks (laughs) (laughs) it's true man it's true it's a wild it's a wild shoe but i'm uh i'm yeah i'm a little bit surprised that you bought them but uh Hey, let's. They're, no, uh, they're, let's dude, see they're those terrible. I'm, I'm not defending them in any way. I, I literally just bought them, thinking, okay, it's only twenty bucks, and I'm gonna wear them on flights. That 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 was my thinking when I bought them. <laughs> All right, let's see. <laughs> we'll see, man. But uh, yeah, um, what, what do you have any thoughts on this? By the way, on Yeezy basically making every clothing item on his site twenty dollars, kind of like a like putting up a middle finger really to the entire industry, saying. Uh, trying to prove that you can actually sell stuff for a much lower price, which is something he's been talking about for a while. I mean, isn't that what fast fashion kind of proves and shine and stuff like that? I mean, and, and that's not even a good thing in my opinion. I think I don't really, I don't really fuck with Kanye uh, anymore. Um, and his products, I think I, I did go through Yeezy supply and look at everything that was up there. I didn't know that the gap collaboration was up there. All I saw was like the vultures merch and stuff like that. And for that, it makes sense because it's literally just merch. It's a hoodie, a plain hoodie, a plain t-shirt. It's a plain, uh, or it's like a vultures screen printed t-shirt. That's not expensive. The material is not expensive. If he's producing at scale, then the cost per item is probably what we're talking about. Like maybe a couple euros, three, four euros per t-shirt. And that's maybe even high, right? Like depending on how many he's producing worldwide. So He's still got a nice margin on that. And uh, you can go into Uniqlo and buy a $9 or, or 9 euro t-shirt. That's half the price. So <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't see it as super revolutionary that he's selling stuff for cheap. And I think a lot of the stuff that he's selling for cheap is merch. And merch shouldn't be expensive, in my opinion. It Like the last few years has been crazy. Like the last 10 years of like merch prices exploding and like bands selling t-shirts for like 80 bucks and stuff like that. And I get that they make money off of that and that their margins are higher there, but the quality of that kind of stuff is usually pretty trash. So yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think it's super revolutionary. I think it's kind of, you know, whatever. If if somebody wants to spend 20 bucks on it, they should. But I don't think that it's like the, you're not getting like, amazing quality for 20 bucks i think you're getting 20 buck quality and that's fine you know a 20 buck t-shirt is fine enough to wear or a hoodie or whatever but um yeah not not really for me yeah that that's what i'm interested to find out like whether or not this stuff is really like you said just band quality stuff uh because yeah then okay 20 dollars makes sense but Typically, Yeezy brand has had better quality stuff uh, ever since they've been around. So 
we'll see we'll see i'm looking forward to actually receiving those so let's get into the biggest topic of uh of uh, what we're going to be discussing in this episode which is the fall of nike and some of the problems they have been having so uh, there was a recent uh, Business of Fashion article about uh, Nike struggles, which uh, you guys can definitely read uh, very, very detailed on there about some of the issues they have been having. But essentially, um, this, the last time Nike posted their quarterly results, which was in December, the stock dropped 12% immediately after um, the uh, the results were announced, which was one of the biggest one-day drops ever in Nike's history. And um, it's it happened because Nike basically slashed their forecast for the upcoming year. They, they're expecting sales to be a lot lower than uh, analysts had expected. And uh, yeah, people, um, of course, Wall Street wasn't happy about that. The stock absolutely crashed. And uh, when you compare Nike stock over the last uh, couple of years with some of their competitors, such as the newer ones like um, uh, there's uh, On, which is the Swiss-based brand. We also have the company Decker. Well, Decker is the parent company of Solomon. Uh, you compare it with these two brands, those stocks have been absolutely on a tear over the last couple of years. And Nike, meanwhile, has been dropping. Uh, we already know how popular asics has been over the last year and then uh, yesterday i saw this press release from um, new balance showing just how crazy of a couple of years the brand has had the sales were up 23 percent from 2022 to 2023 um 63 of new balance's customers over the last year were new customers buying for the first time they had over 35 percent sales growth in europe uh, 20% sales growth in the U.S. So they're firing on all cylinders. Meanwhile, Nike seems to be going the opposite direction. And um, there's there's definitely a lot of um, other issues going on with Nike, not just financial. Um, Nike in the past have always been a company that has sponsored some of the top athletes in the world. And uh, last year, Nike had the fewest amount of, of athletes show up on the podium like track athletes uh, show up on the podium compared to uh, previous years so that even that aspect has not been going so well um, and of course if you think about some of their recent um, if we're looking at Nike basketball they've kind of you know not been so great we've had like a whole episode talking about how other brands like Adidas basketball have been really stepping up in terms of not just the, the design of the shoes, but also the uh, the marketing behind it. If we look at um, the marketing of the Anthony Edwards, um, the AE1, that, that ad was almost like an old school Nike ad. It was like straight out of the 90s, Anthony Edwards looking into a duffel bag of shoes, taking them out one by one, saying they were all trash until he got to his pair. Uh, and the marketing for that shoe has been so good that every colorway so far has instantly sold out. And uh, we can't say that about any really like Nike basketball sneaker in quite a long time, besides the Kobe's, of course. Um, and, and, and yeah, like that, that edge that Nike seemed to have when it comes to their marketing has um, also kind of tailed off, you could say, over the last few years. If you remember during the Jordan era, they had some absolutely iconic TV commercials 
they had people talking for weeks about these commercials. But um, it's been a while since we've seen that level of, um, let's say, noteworthy uh, or the type of marketing that has people talking in the in the forums uh, online. But um, yeah, that that's that's been um, that's been kind of lacking as well. And uh, yeah, I mean that that that's basically been a very quick summary of some of their issues that they've had over the last year. And uh, we, we've uh, I, I was talking earlier about um, about just their stock price going down and other company stock prices going up, like Deckers, which owns Hoka as well as Solomon. Um, yeah, what do you? Um, what are some of the issues that we think uh, have been causing this? So. Uh, we both of us when we were preparing this episode, we did list out a bunch of issues that we think could be the cause of this. But uh, I've been talking for quite a while, so I'll let you maybe kickstart, Fobs. Like, what are what are some of the main issues you think that has caused this recent, let's say, decline of the swoosh over the last couple of years? I mean, like you said, there's a lot of them, uh, or or several big factors. I want to go back real quick to what you said about the Anthony Edwards rollout. And I think that has been such a good rollout. Not only is the product on point, but like you said, the marketing behind is amazing. And not just the actual ads and the campaign, but also the interaction and engagement online. So like Anthony Edwards is like constantly tweeting and like tweeted KD, like, yo, KD, wear my shoes, right? And then KD was like, nah, fuck that, right? So even like that kind of back and forth, puts Anthony Edwards' signature sneaker at the forefront of people's minds when they're scrolling Twitter. It's honestly, it's so genius how they've done it, how they've tapped into this player as well, who from his play style is very Michael Jordan-esque. And I don't want to say that um, he's as good or will ever be as good as Michael Jordan because that's a high bar. But when you watch like how he plays, he's explosive. He can dunk the ball. He His layups, his like, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what you call them, but like, you know, the, like his, the his fake, fadeaways, the, the his, fadeaways, his, fadeaways his fadeaways, his like fake layups where he's like clutch, you know, like he's doing like the double clutch and then laying it off the glass and in, I think there was a compilation on Reddit or Instagram or wherever, where they did like a side by side of like him doing a fadeaway, him doing a layup, him doing a dunk and, uh, and uh, Michael Jordan doing it as well. And it was just so similar uh, he's got the same kind of body type, you know, he's built like him, he's explosive, he's, he's a good shooter. So I think they're onto something here. And then, you know, the James Harden shoe has been great. A lot of the Adidas shoes have been really, really cool. They've got this very cool aesthetic going on. They've got the crazy infinity, the mad infinity, which are the, you know, the old Kobe's that they've re- jigged and we've talked about several times on the pod and on uh, on social there everything is going right for them and that that is happening in basketball and then you've got running as you said you've got on you've got new balance you've got hoka you've got saucony you've got brooks you've got adidas you know adidas is sponsoring some of the best runners as well in the world i think there were a couple of um record-breaking um marathons in the in the women's and then the half marathon and 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 then 10k all wearing adidas right so you have to kind of look at this holistically and nike i feel is losing ground they're still the biggest brand there's no question about it in terms of pure numbers pure revenue but they've plateaued and could that be because 
they're just so big. It's, you know, the bigger you get, the harder it is to keep growing at the same pace. And sure, like they're they're plateauing, but they're still projected to grow by 1%, which is not a lot, but it's still, they're still growing. They're just not growing at 10, 12, 15% rates, which is obviously always the target, right? And it's a lot easier for the Solomons, for the Hoka's, for the, the Sauconies to grow quicker because they're smaller. They have, a, they have less market cap. They're less saturated. They are maybe a little bit more agile, a little bit more focused. And from the reports that uh, I've been reading, it seems that a lot of this started with the new CEO who took over in 2020, Donahue. And his strategy was to centralize a lot of things. Nike has had several rounds of layoffs in the last few years. Um, letting a lot of talented people go, a lot of talented high-level execs have left the company and gone to other brands, which of course then strengthens those brands further whilst weakening Nike at the same time. Um, so you've got like an exodus of talent in a way. And then um, Donahue has kind of structured the company a little bit differently. He's made a lot of the decisions very centralized. A lot of the strategic decisions for big markets and big cities are coming out of Beaverton, Oregon, which means that they are setting the strategy and I, like i don't know if this is 100 the case but from what i've read apparently the a lot of the local campaigns and the local strategies are still being decided by beaverton for paris for berlin for london rather than what it was previously which is investing in teams on the ground there and having a creative strategist there or a um, art director uh, a, a creative narrative manager and stuff like that in those cities who had full control over how they were presenting Nike to their audience because they know their audience best, right? Someone from London who grew up there, who wears Nike, who works for Nike, knows what the youth culture in London wants better than someone who's sitting in Beaverton. But they've centralized all of this decision-making to Beaverton. They've also centralized the decision-making for a lot of these high-level big sports like running and basketball previously the executives of basketball the head of basketball the gm of running would decide how their category was run what their strategy was what kind of products what kind of innovation what their focus would be but now that has all been centralized to beaverton which means that they have to decide and then that trickles down and i think that means that nike maybe moves a lot slower strategically than in previous years and also you have people who might not be the experts in those categories making decisions that experts should be making. Um, so I think that is like from a from a pure like business and like human resources point of view, that's like a big thing that just slowed them down a little bit. And then, you know, it's been the lack of innovation and the fact that, you know, when Nike created the carbon fiber plate running shoe in whatever it was, 2018, 2019, it was so good that they won 17 out of 21 uh, gold medals, right, in uh, track and field. Now they've only won 10 out of 22 or whatever it was, right? So it means that other brands have caught up. Other brands have been able to innovate in the same way whilst Nike hasn't continued to push the boundaries and push the envelope. Maybe it's just like technologically not possible at the moment and this carbon fiber was such a huge jump and they made it first and that was great, but it was just natural that everybody would catch up. Maybe that would have happened regardless. It's similar to maybe F1 with the regulation changes for anyone who's familiar, right? You've got regulation changes and one team will nail the regulation changes and have an amazing car. Red Bull now, 
Mercedes before, right? And for the entire time, everyone else is playing catch up until the regulations are basically reset and then there's another jump. And sometimes a totally different team nails it and then is automatically the best team for the next six years or seven years or whatever. And maybe that was the case with running where Nike just nailed this carbon fiber thing. Everyone is caught up. And now there might be some innovation coming through the pipeline that we don't know about, but maybe it's coming from New Balance. Maybe it's coming from Brooks. Maybe it's coming from Adidas again. Adidas had that with Boost and then they stagnated a little bit as well. So it isn't new that big brands can sometimes stagnate. We've seen it with Adidas. Adidas is now catching up a little bit due to the court classics and all of that kind of stuff, the Sambas, the Gazelles. Um, Nike had the Dunk. They had uh, the Air Force One. They had Virgil rest in peace. And now they've, yeah, they've stagnated a little bit. Uh, Adidas had Yeezy and 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 Kanye that, and Pharrell in the beginning as well. That's kind of gone away a little bit, but now they've got the basketball, they've got the court classics, they've got Jerry Lorenzo. So there's a lot of things that are happening here. And then again, like you said, the smaller brands that are a little bit more agile, that are hungry, that are the underdogs, you know, Nike used to be the underdog back in the seventies, the sixties, seventies, eighties. Um, they no longer are. And sometimes it's easier to be the underdog because you can do things that are different, that are groundbreaking, that maybe raise a bit of eyebrows, get you some more uh, coverage on social media and within the culture. Whereas kind of the old dog, the big dog needs to really play by the rules and and, and does the things that they've always done rather than innovating because you kind of, yeah, you, you know, you rest on your laurels a little bit. So I think to summarize here, it... It's, it's a mixture of kind of lack of innovation, lack of focus on performance and focusing too hard on maybe the dunk and retro like Air Force Ones and stuff like that. Then of course, the huge surge in competition is another one. The saturated market just for Nike, they've stopped growing in the US and China, which is a big deal. Those are like the two big focus markets for them. Um, whilst other brands are maybe growing there at a much larger pace. And then yeah, just the, the strategic direction that they've taken internally in terms of centralizing things maybe wasn't the best decision in the long term. But again, it's early days. Who knows what happens in the next few years? But I think looking forward, and I, let, let me know what you feel about this, but I think that we could be seeing a shakeup. It's going to take a long time for Nike not to be number one anymore just because they're so big. But in terms of cultural relevance, we're already seeing that. Asics, New Balance, those have been brands of the year for the past years. Adidas. And Nike, the last time Nike was brand of the year was what, 2020, 2021 with the dunk? And since then, they haven't been. And I think that will continue, that we will have more and more other brands be more culturally relevant than Nike until they get their shit together. And it's difficult for such a big company. We're talking here not just about a brand, but a huge corporation with thousands and thousands of employees. It's very hard to kind of change course and steer the ship in a different direction. Um, sometimes it takes years. So uh, I think it could take a while before they recover. Yeah, you just raised a lot of very, very good points. Um, so going back to what you said about Nike has been for a while now the biggest dog in the market. And when you're at the top, there's only really one place to go, and that is go down. Uh, and they have started to lose some of the market share. Uh, people have just been much more willing to explore different sneaker brands. Also with current trends, with like the whole Y2K trend, you know, people have been moving towards models like Asics, models like New Balance, and uh, Nike has suffered as a result. But if you think about, you know, what took Nike to that number one spot over the last, uh, let's say, couple of decades, it was the innovation, right? It was 
that Air Max technology of the 80s and 90s. Um, it was, you know, of course, like their their amazing like run they had with Jordan on all the retros. Uh, and but when I think about like the last innovation they've had that was really widely adopted mainstream, I'm thinking like what was it? Maybe the Flyknit, maybe Flyknit technology, right? From like yeah, the 2010s, Flyknit, like that was Lunar Lawn as well in the early yeah. 2010s. But since then, you're right. They've tried different iterations of Nike Air, right? The, with the Scorpion, the Vapor Max, now this uh, Dynamic Air. But it remains to be seen whether it really grips the market and i i suspect like as cool as you think the dynamic air is and maybe it is a great product but it's just the air max like it feels like a lot of nike silhouettes a lot of nike series or like product types are popular as retros and anything new i it's it's difficult like i wouldn't call the vapor max a classic you know i wouldn't and so i think they've tried and they've done cool stuff right but it just hasn't really translated to creating new product that really changes the landscape and the cultural thinking and it this is true for a lot of brands they're leaning so heavily on retro that a lot of the new stuff is yeah just you know either it's pure performance or it's just like new lifestyle that doesn't really work um and i think making something new in lifestyle is very hard just because of how we are as as people and consumer behavior we want storytelling we want something we can relate to and 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 nostalgia plays a big factor in buying things right a lot of people would be like oh i remember my first shoe was the nike cortez or something right um and so that's the reason they get it and and that's the reason why these shoes are so popular and have have endured to this day um but iterating on that and making something new that's an instant classic is uh is difficult. I, I had a very interesting comment left on uh, one of my uh, recent videos, which really made me think a lot about this topic. Uh, and uh, the commenter basically said that uh, Nike fans and Jordan fans are rather very different than other than fans of other brands because they love retros and they really don't like when Nike tries to change those retros in any way. Uh, such as fans of the Air Max uh, who uh, haven't really gravitated towards the newer Air Max models. Similarly with Jordan brand, you know, people just love the retros. They don't really like any of the new Jordan models. Whereas fans of other brands like, you know, New Balance and Asics, they seem to embrace newer stuff that the brand does a lot more. For example, New Balance has in the last, I think New Balance has been the best at this, honestly, over the last few years. They put out the uh, 9060s, which have become an absolute hit, like probably one of the highest selling shoes now for the brand, which is very difficult to do, like you said, in the lifestyle category. Um, Also, Asics, uh, Asics, actually, you know, Asics hasn't really put out a bunch of new models, but um, I just feel like, um, yeah, like when Nike ever tries to do new stuff, people are just not as receptive to it maybe because like you said they have this whole nostalgia to do with nike they have a much longer history with nike so they they just have like different type of feeling to the brand so i guess uh, this is a very difficult question to answer but how much of this lack of innovation is not so much on the brand but rather on the consumer's perception of nike and their attachment to 
just like the their their personal history with the brand because mm-hmm. you know like like you said they have put out a lot of newer models over the last years like the vapor max like um uh also um it, like, like the the newer stuff like the dn the air max dn which people don't seem to like like from the comments i've been reading and maybe not so willing to try it but uh but yeah i mean how much of this is on the consumer I think, yeah, of course, a lot of the brands are governed by consumer behavior. They want to make sure that they're creating things that the consumer wants. And if they have the feeling that the consumer will react badly to something, they won't do it. But then they wouldn't have done the Vapormax. They wouldn't have made the Nike Scorpion, right? So they're still trying to make new things. It just hasn't been maybe the right kind of new thing. Um, So I don't know. I think... Sure, the consumer should be open a little bit more, but I feel like just objectively too, the product could have been better. Yeah, right. Well, uh, also one quick point I wanted to bring up was um, if you think about their the big names that they've signed to you know collab with to uh, really be a spokesperson for their models. Uh, it has started to, you know, maybe tire out some consumers. Like I feel that way really about the whole Travis Scott line right now. Um, there's just not been much going on there. Yeah, we're kind of tired of seeing reverse swooshes. Um, also, uh, on the basketball side, uh, some of the big names that they signed, um, they, they those people had some off the court issues. You know, like let's let's be honest. Like the whole John Moran thing has really, really not worked out for them. Um, and, uh, and also Kyrie, Irving. I, I think they, they, they got too political as well with the whole Kyrie thing, which turned off a lot of fans. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's been, I, I they recently tried to sign, oh, oh no, they were very successful in signing Kai Sanat, which was, um, the first time a sneaker brand has partnered with a streamer on a shoe, which I think is cool because no other company has really done that. And they're, you know, trying to definitely, um, appeal to the younger audience there so maybe they're making some progress with uh with with their collaborators but but i feel like there's just been a um a lack of really notable names trying to push the brand forward as well yeah actually so uh, i think adidas has done a streamer before i guess it depends on what your definition of a streamer is but they had a huge like series of collaborations with ninja that oh right, right that's true which the product was pretty trash it was just like ultra boost in a crazy colorway like his hair or something like that like pretty pretty bad um but that was i think the days where adidas didn't really know what they were doing um but yeah i think it's a good point like when you're stagnating you need to try new things you need to see what hasn't really been done at least internally or what maybe hasn't been done successfully by your competitors and see if you can do better and the kai sanat thing maybe it pays off right uh the way that you know young people are i guess engaging with creators with content creators like who their heroes are and and their media consumption has changed obviously generation to generation and i think it's worth exploring like who are the new influencers who are the new creatives that people look up to and want to be like who can we bring on board that will bring our company and our product forward and um, so I think that's a, a good move on Nike's part. Let's see if it pays off. Um, but yeah, like I said, overall, I think 
it will get worse before it gets better for Nike. And that's not to say that Nike won't have hits, right? They won't have, they will have great shoes. They will have great collaborations. They still have a great roster of collaborators on the lifestyle side. They still have great athletes like LeBron James, um, KD, etc. Giannis in basketball. They've uh, obviously got like a great, like tennis players, runners, etc. But it's getting harder. And I think that's a good thing for consumers. The more competition there is, the better the product is across all brands, right? And that's kind of what we want. So I'm here for it, man. And um, I have no doubt that Nike will still be the biggest company or the biggest sportswear company in the world over the next few years. But they're not going to you know, sweep the board with Ws. There might be a couple of Ls in there. Um, and that's okay because, like I said, competition is good for the industry. It's good for the culture. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, Let's use that to wrap up this segment hope you guys uh, enjoyed that big topic for this week as usual we are going to end off with our upcoming drops for the next uh, couple of weeks and i'll be honest guys it's a good time to save your money because there's just not a whole lot dropping in the next couple of weeks at least uh, on february the 29th we'll have the return of the iconic eggplant colorway of the foam posits so uh, foam posit fans out there a lot of you guys think this is the best colorway ever so definitely uh circle that date on the calendar on march the 1st the adidas originals bali which uh is this wait i i need to look this up is this like a newer model or no, oh no it's, it's a retro of, model i just haven't yeah, it's one worn of, it before it's one of adidas's many court classic retro models you know they've got the bali the hamburg the handball the spezial the samba the gazelle um, and it goes in that direction. It's a nice suede shoe. If somebody's looking for something that's not a Samba or not a Gazelle, take a look at it. It's pretty nice. That will be dropping on March the 1st. Actually, also on March the 1st, um, it's the first release of the Asics and Hidden New York Gel NYC, which uh, Ooh, that's nice. the date that they have announced on on their Instagram. But let's see if, there's, it's, if it's just going to be... Uh, hidden.com a website release or a wider asics release not sure about that but that's looking like one of the most anticipated sneakers of the year but i'm sure they will be pretty much impossible to get so uh, but uh, we got to tell you guys about it anyways and lastly we have another colorway of the zoom vomero 5 dropping on march the 8th this is the black and blue gaze so uh yeah i mean there's been a lot of really nice colorways dropping recently of the vomero fives also some very nice colorways from last year have restocked so make sure you guys look for them such as the oatmeal pair which i've been wearing quite a lot that restock also the photon not the photon dust the uh the the one with the chrome swoosh on it which i really liked that restocked in a couple of stores as well so keep on the lookout for those um and yeah that's about it there's not a whole lot else releasing so that's how we're going to end this episode. I wanted to give another shout out to Fobs. Thanks again for potting. As usual, we, we, we continue to do this uh, for all you guys. Thank you for listening and looking forward to the next episode already. And until then, peace. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Another good episode in the book. Shout out JD. Shout out everyone. And uh, see you guys next time. Peace.